Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. I haven't said that. I haven't said that's him in a while. That's him. Well, Conrad, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm glad that we've returned saying that's him, just in case any of our listeners didn't realise that I that was one. Conrad and there wasn't <laughs> just a silent third party involved in the recording who sits in the corner <laughs> judging judging everything. Maybe one is. day, Conrad, when we're big shots, we'll have a producer in the corner. Uh, Can you so imagine? I will. I will have to say that's him and just point at you. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah. We, we can acknowledge producer. Jeff or whatever the whatever the name his is. His name is Jeff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that 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 joke is shouldn't be in my mind, but I do teach in a secondary school and it is in my mind all the time because that's meme is still about. Uh, would you believe? Um, I don't think I know what that meme is actually. It's from uh, what's that? Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. 21, uh, Jump, 21 Street. Jump Street. It's from 20, 20, 22 Jump Street. Jump Street. And right. Yeah, and uh, Channing Tatum's trying to put a, like an accent on. Uh, and like, because he's he's no good at being undercover or whatever. So they sure, could, yeah. say, "What's your name?" And he goes, "My name is Jeff." And you're like, he can't. It's, <laughs> it's just like a nothing accent. There's no accent whatsoever. He's oh, okay. just like, saying or doing a weird voice. Um, are, are are teenagers into Twenty Two Jump Street? Is that they're into memes? That... That's what I'll tell you. They're into oh, memes. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and the "My Name Is Jeff" uh, meme was a big one. That was a if you're one. a teenager, get in touch and let us know how you feel about the 22 Jump Street meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Okay, so this week we are back with the Crestwood crew. Uh, before we get into that, though, can I tell you to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already? The Culture Cave is what we're called. Uh, we do lots of podcasts. We also do, every now and then, reviews and video essays and that sort of thing. There's a little bit of a spice to throw into the mix. Uh, as well, guys, if you want to subscribe on audio apps, we are on... Uh, all good audio apps uh the ones that don't uh like to let us keep our content we don't put it on there <laughs> uh also could you send us an email at adpodmail at gmail.com if you want to talk to us if you want to ask conrad a question there will be questions underneath uh, a little uh pinned comment under this video which you can ask questions to conrad as well um there's a t-shirt link in the description if you want to get that uh there is also a link to the discord if you want to get into chat about the oa chat about dark just to remind you guys we are going to be covering dark again very very soon um mm. obviously conrad and i are going to be on dark discussions soon but also uh emmett who you may have seen on the channel covering sisyphus the expanse star trek he is going to be on uh the after dark podcast for three special episodes uh where he is going to be going through dark one season at a time conrad and i like the idea of bringing people through dark uh, just like I brought Conrad through Dark, but yeah. I don't know if we want to do a maybe one day, but not anytime soon to do a whole episode by episode through again. So yeah. we're gonna make Emmett binge it week to week to week, and then we'll do our next show, which we're thinking is gonna be Westworld, and then maybe after Westworld we'll get someone else to binge it. Uh, three, yeah. we'll find someone else. So that's what just we're pull people off the street. That's the yeah, that's yeah. the next the next step after Emmett. Uh, my my hope is that eventually we're just running around going, who hasn't seen Dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you line know. up. Line is, up uh, and we'll do there's all a lot of them. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who haven't seen Dark. So, yeah. Um, okay. Thanks very much uh, for listening, guys. Let's get into the episode. I thanked you before we started. Um, you know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. That wasn't me saying goodbye. But uh, yeah, preemptive thanks. Yeah, let's get going. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. 
Okay, so this episode was a return to the filmmaking of old, season one. Lots of mm. blues. This dimension is lots of blues. Lots of long, slow shots. We start off with them on the side of a road. Uh, the Crestwood Five uh, plus uh, Steve's girlfriend. I don't like referring to her as Angie. Angie, she has a name in her own right, of course. Uh, so they're on the side of the road, um, and they are broken down, <laughs> arguing yeah. about that they should have brought Angie's dad's new truck. Yeah, um, Steve demonstrating um, a a kind of very deliberate self-interest in the early stages of this episode to ultimately be juxtaposed against um, a a lack of self-interest, we'll say, in the second half of this mm-hmm. episode, after things happen. Um, I will I will start this episode off by saying, um, as soon as I saw the title was Mirror Mirror, I had two thoughts. Uh, my first thought was of the uh, De La Soul song, Me, Myself and I, and I, I wrote down the first four lines of that in, in my notes, just because... <laughs> It's a good song. You should go listen to that. Um, <laughs> the 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 uh, the second thought was uh BBA traveling mirrors televisions yeah and then immediately in the first shot she's in it and I was like ah fuck like so uh, <laughs> like like BBA did not in fact travel through that television as it turns out. Uh no she didn't unless we're in a universe uh, or dimension which is exactly the same as the old yeah, one. Yeah yeah <laughs> a mirror world if you will. Yeah uh, I will say first thing that came to my head was was Snow White. Uh, now, oh, what's yeah. very what's very interesting about the fact that that came to my head is that apparently that is you know that whole that Mandela effect stupid nonsense, right? So yes. apparently that's a Mandela effect because uh, mirror mirror on the wall is what everyone says, but it's actually magic mirror on the wall. Yeah. Well, that, uh, do you know why that is? Because the Dealer Soul song starts with mirror mirror on the wall. Tell me mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my dealer clothes or is it just my dealer soul? So, there you go. So, I got so, the I got the lines into the episode. Yeah. But that's why everyone thinks it's mirror mirror because Dealer Soul uh, fucked it up in that song in the eighties. Oh, oh, really? That makes sense to me. Actually, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So obviously, I was thinking of Snow White, uh, which actually ties back into a conversation we were having on the uh, the best movie podcast ever a few weeks ago about uh, women <laughs> yeah. sleeping in the forest, but. It does, yeah. All right, okay, so Steve's looking for cell phone uh, service. Eventually, someone comes in a nice nice old vintage Ford pickup. Yeah. Um, isn't it really I thought great? this was Francis McDormand, to be honest. When this, <laughs> yeah. when, when, when this truck ser- turned up, there's a kind of... Uh, first off, there's a lovely tracking shot of um, Steve and Angie to the rest of the boys in BBA, then back to Steve and Angie. Lovely bit of, lovely bit of camera movement there. Um, and... Um, yeah, then then the the truck shows up and, and and the woman in it, to be honest, doesn't look anything like Frances McDormand. But obviously, the Oscars have recently happened, and she was yeah. on the brain. And I was like, "Is that Frances McDormand?" <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. As it turns out, they didn't quite get her, but they got someone who looks a bit like her. And in another universe, could have been played by Frances McDormand. I'll say. Yeah, it's true. I will I will say when I see things scenes like this uh, where they're getting these cool old cars, like this is a really cool old Ford pickup. I'm sure yeah. car enthusiasts would know the exact model. Uh, but it was in modern day, and they get in this like, really pristine classic car, um, and you look around to the rest of the cars, they're all modern cars, and I'm like, aren't these characters bloody lucky that the one that stopped for them had the cool car, you know? It always yeah. sort of reads to me like, you know, the production design's like, right, let's get the cool car, we'll put them in the car, but then it's it's like, it's always... The ca- I'd love to see that car drive past while they're in like a brand yeah, new... Yeah, that's the one that doesn't stop for them, and yeah, they they're in a brand new like, Dodge Prius truck, you know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I I like I like that. It sort of it puts it gives a real Americana feel, doesn't it? Having those old cars. Well, in there. so there's a, a like I think tonally, 
uh, you know, it's, uh, this is kind of like just a minor dressing to the tones of the episode, the, the, this choice of car here, I think. But um, as we'll get into in a second, I'm sure, there's a there's a brief musical interlude after they get into this very nice pickup. Yeah. And it very much put me in mind of kind of like a mid-2000s indie comedy with like Neutral Milk Hotel playing in the background. And that kind of like twangy indie guitar sound very much in the score very much returns throughout yeah. it. And, and it feels... Um, this entire episode uh, feels like it's eulogising something, and it doesn't become clear until the end what it is eulogising. Um, as I was going through it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure BBA is going to travel at the end of this, because it feels like this whole episode is this kind of sun-dappled, nostalgic view of these characters' relationships mm-hmm. with each other as they get to the point where they will uh, leave each other, uh, presumably forever. Um, and obviously it doesn't quite end the way I thought it was, but I think definitely the way it's presented, the mm-hmm. way it's shot, the kind of emotional notes it's hitting is definitely designed to do that. So this is this is kind of like um, uh, Brit Marling does Garden State is how I felt about this, <laughs> uh, how I felt about this episode. And, and to be honest, they, they did, she did it very well. Yeah, and I, I think that actually speaks to the slight difference in our age. Like, I think you were thinking of that sort of, that sort of indie neutral milk hotel when i was watching it i was actually thinking of like sweet disposition you know that one um i can't remember I who know. does it it's uh it's in it was in a lot of films like around 2010 uh oh, okay. um it's i think it's an australian band but i'm not 100 percent sure um let us know in the comments but yeah uh, but yeah always need that engagement guys <laughs> yeah. but but um yeah that's i think there's like there's like three three years between us or something and, and yeah. sometimes it rears its head sometimes it doesn't you know yeah it's like, it's like uh it's like the the ceiling of the sistine chapel like between that, that like there's like kind of god's hand and adam's hand and between that lies the the, the gulf of difference between us yeah um because <laughs> I, I, I i can i could reference neutral milk hotel and be like yep I was around in the early 2000s. I know indie bands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas I was still a little little scrub. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, 10 year, 10 year old scrub, not only yeah. really caring about Aussie rules and football. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. And wrestling, of course. Let's not forget yeah. that. Uh, okay. So uh, they're in the thing. They get into the diner. Now, this, I actually, I like this diner scene. I, like, I don't know. It's not, there's not sort of, it's not the best scene ever in the show, but I actually just quite like being in this diner with them. And like the couple, there's a couple of big things happen. So uh, first of all, uh, Angie is listening to to Steve go on about uh, yeah. the fact that BBA is going to travel and just, does she even want to go and stuff. And Angie's like, "Well, sorry, you're not the chosen one." Um, yeah, I I, I I really like her passive aggression in that she's clearly quite angry that Steve mm-hmm. is so so enthusiastic about leaving this world behind yeah, yeah, yeah. because to her, that's effectively a rejection of the relationship that they've built together. Um, Mm-hmm. which i think is fair enough to be honest well in this case it is very much fair enough but if, if you think about like if you took it took it down to a small like in a relationship you know little aspects of jealousy coming up in terms of someone saying oh i'm you know say say like oh, i want to go hang out with my friends here i want to i want to do this and, and you're almost like sort of like does that mean i'm no fun to hang around but yeah. it's like they're taking this to the nth degree where it's like oh no he's literally saying that he wants to leave this dimension yeah well the oa yeah exactly so there's that and also the oa is essentially like the perfect ex in this situation where yeah. steve just can't stop talking about her and uh, angie constantly like feels like she's competing with a ghost um which yeah. can't be much fun well i could i could see steve like you know reminiscing about like the time in the bath you know where she 
she rejected me. You know, it could have been so different. You know, I could see yeah. Steve really thinking about yeah, that. He, his, he utterly lacks tact, so he could definitely, I could definitely see him doing that. Exactly. Uh, okay, so Steve actually says, well, if we just do the movements, if we're doing the movements, I may as well just jump at the end anyway. And uh, Angie basically does well and scolds him here and be like, they said it's only safe for BBA to go. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's reckless. Um, I still, I, th- I spent most of this episode actually trying to figure out why it was only safe for BBA to go. I still don't really know what they mean by that. But um, yeah, it, like Steve is definitely... He's got a head full of steam here, and he just wants to leave. Um, yeah. And I think by the end of the episode, he seems to have calmed slightly in that regard. But I still think his his mind is made up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think in the next little bit that happens is Jesse reveals what he's been searching. I kind of like this as like a crescendo to Jesse's character because he has been the one sort of driving the searching into Oa's past and all. Yeah. Um, well, I know French and Steve were well involved as well, but there had to be some something somewhere that where that went. It, it yes. only you know, and it actually is eventually. I know it did lead to them questioning the story a lot, but it's actually now eventually led to them getting a little grain of something that they can go and follow, which we all know is probably going to be the correct grain to follow. Yeah. So I I think how he gets to it is a little bit implausible. Mm. Um, you know, this idea that like Jesse looked up every copper mine in North America. When it was five hundred thousand, yeah, in the last season, there's like half a million of them. It's like, did you really, Jesse? Like that seems, that seems like they've kind of walked back their um, logic stance. is overrated. Logic is overrated, Conrad. It's true. <laughs> Fair point. That's like a bulletproof argument against any any qualm I may have with this show. Um, but yeah, that that rang a bit hollow to me. Um, but then you know, finding finding the um, the Treasure Islands Hospital felt a lot more believable to me. You know, there's not going to be that many. Um, and there can't be that many like massive suspension bridges in America to begin with, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one that that's like on a coast with a suspension bridge in view. That's the kind of thing where I was like, oh, that's cool detective work. Whereas the copper mines, I was just like, I don't think I don't think you did look up every copper mine in in the country to be honest. Yeah, um, he, was, he was actually just trying to have a little preamble before he said, "Listen, I found this hotel. Don't know how I did, but uh, this, 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 sorry, not hotel, yeah. this hospital." And he was like, yeah. "How could I lead into that?" Like he's like planning his speech to them. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're on. They're on to Treasure Island. Uh, yeah. Which we and know will put them in the same place. I know in a different dimension, but in the same place as Prairie and the gang. Uh, like, yeah. They'll be in the same vicinity. So, and we and we also know that when people travelled. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but we know that when they when people travelled. Um, the first time, so when a hat traveled, they sort of were all together. Mm. So, like, um, they were all in 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 this the, the, this thing together. So, for example, in the, they were in the circle. So Scott and uh, Renata and all them, they came into the they came into the other dimension in the same position they were. Not not ge- not geographically, yeah, not geographically, not, but yeah. but uh, around each other. So that yeah. would make that that immediately. Whenever I saw this, I started thinking to myself. Hang on a minute. Does that mean if people travel uh, at the same time but in different direct dimensions, they also go into the same? So, for example, like in my head when I first saw this, now you know, it ends very soon, and I'm not even going to say whether we know this or not. But my my mind was like, right, if BBA travels, does that mean that if she's like right next to Prairie in a, in 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 the the second dimension we've seen, and they both travel 
but they travel both into a third dimension at the same time they'll like appear next to each other you know what i mean um so mm. I was, I, it's it's a real like 3d chess way to think about it but i i i yeah. I, I think that the the idea of like spaces in this episode and the idea of location was very much highlighted, and I think the i and it's it's not a coincidence that they have traveled in relation to each other into the same place uh, again, like yeah, also, I, yeah, prairie and the and, the and the ambulance, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it's a case of a kind of more nebulous force driving people within dimensions to kind of occupy similar spaces mm. that then allows them to travel um or whether it is something more kind of um arbitrary than that like when you travel you just kind of appear there or, or, or well, i don't mean to appear i mean like appear in the mind of a person who's there yeah you know uh, but but the dimension you go to if there's two people traveling at the same time like the five traveled in the circle with hap <clears> if they're yeah. if they're traveling at the same time together um, then in the same place, then they would travel to a dimension where everyone's in the same place. Now I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think maybe the introduction of the of LOD is probably going to throw that all out the window yeah. um, because she's obviously doing it at a higher level um, yeah. with the little robot things. So we'll know. We'll we'll find out. I'm sure. Um, so, but that's an, <laughs> yeah, or, that, or not as the case may be. <laughs> yeah, guys, that's an example of me throwing some of my own ideas into the mix here. Uh, if you don't like me doing that, let me know. Um, okay. A couple of people in the comments last week said that they don't mind if I do it because it's the always a special case because it, it does end in a few episodes. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. You've got carte blanche. Yeah, um, I can do what I want. I, I, I will. I will say, like for, for the for the last thing on this scene, um, absolutely classic narrative device of group of kind of runaways um, are in a diner when a news report or in this case an Amber Alert uh, comes on the television yeah. uh, with their pictures on it, and suddenly it heightens the tension of their entire narrative arc never never happens when they're like driving or you know somewhere where they don't need to worry about being immediately seen it's always always in a diner or a bar or you know somewhere where they could be spotted yeah um i got got two points on this actually my first point is when i when i've seen this episode like four times but when i watched (laughs) it this time uh i don't know why because it came up and it said michelle but in my mind i'm like this it's buck you know yeah it's it's buck uh, he is a he is he is a boy. He is a man. It's 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 so green in my mind that when it came up and said Michelle's missing, I was like, they're getting TV signals from the other dimension. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. But then I was like, oh no, okay. It says Michelle, and then they have yeah. like Buck in quotation marks. Now this is my second yeah. point. The idea of like dead naming someone to the point where, like and it'll tr- it'll trigger the uh, it'll it'll trigger the uh, dysmorphia, and it's mm. you know you shouldn't do that. You know, it's 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 obviously horrible to do and we knew steve, we knew steve basically did that yeah. so my 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 thing is though the idea of doing that in my opinion it's more offensive to do what this news broadcast did and say michelle and then in quotation buck vu yeah. and i'm like you're basically saying like instead of not being able to accept their new identity you're saying that it's basically like the, the name madonna it, like yeah it's, it's like me deciding i'm gonna call myself flash cool guy and like having that in like in, in quotation marks on you, like it's just something a name that I've yeah. just adopted for, for for fun. Well, it's like it's um, like you're being called Conrad. Like if well, exactly. If, if you yeah. repeat your real name, like first name Conrad, last name, that's okay. That's like a nickname. You know, that's it's sort of a you're trying to put it on because you're trying to be. 
they're implying that it's like a stage name. Yeah, like but, a persona or something. And I, and I actually think that's more offensive. Well, obviously, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not the one to say if it's more offensive or not. But in my opinion, I, it, it feels like it might be because it's like it's really yeah. saying the buck is the fake one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and also, I mean, from a pure like practicality standpoint, like if, if there is an Amber Alert issued for a, for a missing child and that child is transgender then adults approaching that child are looking to make sure they are safe would presumably want to be approaching them with the, the correct like gendered pronouns yeah. and, and the correct name rather than just being like, oh, you're Michelle. Yeah. Like Buck is far less likely to respond to that because that's yeah. clearly that's clearly either someone being deliberately hurtful or someone who's, uh, you know, op- I don't know, like op- operating on outdated information. But yeah, so I, I was just like, that's a, that's a weird way to report that. Yeah, uh, especially fair. in... Was it 2018 this series came out? 2019. 2019, yeah. So especially in 2019, where it's like, you've got no excuse for that. Just, just like, his name is Buck. Just call him Buck. Like, if you if you must acknowledge the fact that he is, like, transgender, you could maybe put a little addendum underneath it or something. But seems irrelevant, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the search for uh, a, a Joey Styles homosexual, go look for him. Like, why do you... <laughs> Come on, just yeah. say who it is. Put a picture so, up. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a needless, needless, needless details. Yeah, but I mean, well, maybe this is uh, this is uh, Brit Marling taking a shot at uh, the twenty-four hour news cycle, and then need to like kind of like source up every single story that they have, even a goddamn Amber Alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, see, we we'll see if I go missing. Put it out. Anthony James' first book he read was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Very important. Very if, important. If I go missing, I do wish to be referred to as Flash Cool Guy. That's that's my. Uh, <laughs> that's my I will only respond to 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 that. Unfortunately. Okay, I'll I'll remember that then. Uh, okay, so B- <laughs> BBA is is having now. I am someone who suffers from this as well. Mm. Uh, I don't I, I don't I don't have the personally. I don't have like the impending travel coming up, but um, BBA is having some extre- suffering from some extreme entropy here. And she's like really worrying about having to die and what does it mean and where's she going to go? Is her current body going to die? And maybe yeah. she says, maybe that's why it's only safe for me to go because all of you are too young to die. Um, it's so- a valid concern. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice to have it voiced by, by a traveler because to be honest, as we said before about Prairie, for all of Prairie's empathy, she doesn't seem particularly concerned about Nina or what has happened yeah. to Nina. Um, and I think BBA is probably even more empathetic uh, or certainly more considerate than um than prairie because you know she she's asking these kinds of questions mm-hmm. and obviously it's very stressful for her because there's no one there to answer it she you know she might jump and her body might just fall down dead um at that moment um mm-hmm. and and i think it's a valid concern oh yeah 100% uh <laughs> come on <laughs> you have no idea where you're going like uh, also, she's having these weird dreams as well, so she knows something freaky's mm. going on. So, yeah, yeah, I'd be feeling the same. Uh, okay, so they smash all their phones. Um, mm. we, we get a brief mention that uh, that uh, from from uh, uh, French before this as well that they've crossed state lines. So the FBI are probably involved. Oh, here we go. Wonder so, who that could possibly mean. Yeah. Um, I yeah, and I, I I will like just say as well. Like, I love the 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 way that. Um, I was saying, is it Phyllis Smith, the actress yeah, who plays yeah, yeah. BBA? I love like the dawning horror as she realizes that none of the kids have phoned their parents, <laughs> and, and yeah. it's just like you have pushed me 
into a, an impossible position here, you little bastard. Yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah. just like, well, now I need to travel because I'm a wanted criminal. In, in, yeah. he's I've, kidnapped apparently a, I've kidnapped a bunch of kids. So thanks, guys. Uh, so stupid. But uh, see, it was me, right? See the whole idea of smashing the phone? Yeah. I think what I would do is I would go out into the car park of the diner and sneak it under a chair in someone's car. Oh, just, that's a great idea. Like, a, like, like, yeah, you plant the tracker on somewhere else and yeah. send them on a wild goose chase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just smashing the phone, like. Or know. chuck it into the back of a pickup truck or something. Be like, yeah, good luck, fuckers. I'll be in Arizona by morning. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, that's, that's exactly what I would do. But, um, yeah. but Jesse doesn't want to give his phone up. But yeah, he eventually has to. Steve just takes it and smashes it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Jesse. Well, I like, mean, he doesn't think anyone's looking for him, which um, yeah, exactly. I, I I feel like I I definitely I found Jesse's arc in this episode very believable and very sad. Um, but I do feel like his sister. Her, I know that the the one time we've seen them together, their relationship isn't presented as all that wholesome. You know, they're basically taking drugs together and watching drunk, TV, yeah, um, or, or or drunk together and watching TV. But um. I feel like it wasn't implied that she just doesn't care about him at all. I, I feel like they've kind of dropped that aspect of his familial life for the purposes of making a point to a certain to a certain extent. Yeah, it might also, but it might might also be that like you know for the longest time after, um, you know his parents, his mom died, and you know it, it might have been that his him and his sister were like a little team, and now that his sister's you know got a got a girlfriend now, and sort of maybe he feels like you know. It's just a, like a natural response that like he that he don't want his time for him anymore. So yeah, even though his sister might still be saying to him, no, 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 like you know, like you know, come and watch this with me, or let's go do some drugs together. He prob <laughs> he probably um doesn't maybe he he's not at the stage where he realizes that yet. He's not mature enough. But also yeah. like you know, but also like mental health problems don't always you, you know you someone could have a hundred loving people in their life and still suffer from horrible mental yeah, health problems. That, yeah, that's true. You know, so so it's it's it's. And, and and when they suffer from those mental health problems, they could say things like "No one cares about me" or "No one's looking for me," even though it's not true, because that's how they genuinely feel. Yeah, um, so it, it is something to think about. What I'm going to say is, though, I don't think t- taking drugs on a public bus is probably the way to go. Um, <laughs> no, so, it's it's going to have it's not going to have the best repercussions. Of, well, I, well yeah. insofar as taking drugs will ever have good repercussions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I get travel sick as it is. Like the, I I barely I just barely like the only way I can avoid travel sickness is by driving. Like if I'm driving. Oh, okay. So, right? so you know that's so why I don't pop take, a couple of Valium before you drive. And <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't take I don't take the bus because the driver doesn't like me throwing him out of the chair. Like so, um, I would <laughs> I would need to I, like honestly like I, I get travel sick really bad. So um I I wouldn't even like the idea of being on a bus in the first place mm. D- drugs on the bus would that improve the travel sickness or revert it i don't know depends if it makes you pass out or not but i mean as we <laughs> yeah. see in the case of uh, of jesse um it doesn't doesn't help until uh, until the neutral milk hotel starts playing again to indicate <laughs> that steve is about to do something nice um and uh, yeah gives gives jesse a shoulder to to, to sleep on but um yeah. he doesn't look lo- like lo- sleeping lo- lovely fellow that steve I'll tell you that mm. um yeah it's not when he wants to be when he wants to be. Uh, okay, here's a question for you. Go on. Every sing- no, it's not really a question. Every single time <laughs> that I see a, sh- a film or a show where it's a big deal for characters to see the ocean for the first time, yeah, I I always think to myself, whoa, actually that's a part that's a- that's a way that I'm lucky, which I didn't realize I was. Uh, you know, like imagine like America's so huge. Imagine not seeing 
the ocean till you were like 18 years old well, okay so i've got um, i'm gonna answer your non-question with with a question that i had so i i'm trying to think i mean i've flown over oceans before but i don't know if i've ever actually been on the coast of an ocean technically speaking um you you will have or maybe you you will have being yeah. in, in 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 you know ireland or, or northern ireland because you've got a coast of, to the atlantic yeah. but england's like the south of england doesn't really have a coast to an ocean so I wasn't sure if I could count, you know, going to the south of England where uh, it's the channel. I yes, it, okay, it does count for me, uh, because, and I'll tell you why. It counts for me because I think it was very much implied in this that they'd never seen a beach. Yeah, that's my that I, that was my understanding as well. Um, that it's it's just a beach in general, which yeah, it is nuts to think you've never seen a beach. Well, yeah, because I know I know um, there was. I can't remember the I can't remember the connection, so I'll just say this. But there was someone who came over on like an exchange program to Northern Ireland, and someone in my connection housed them while they were here. And the first thing they said when they got here is, "Can we go to the beach?" Because they had never they'd never been to the beach before. Um, and like living in living in Ireland, like you you're never anywhere, you know, never more than like yeah. an hour and a half away from I the mean, beach. So yeah, it's a, the clue's in the name. It's an, it's an island. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's... Ireland. Yeah. Um, head, head in any direction and you will find the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I get your point. Like, obviously, I've, I'm from Australia, so I went to a lot of beaches right on an ocean. I went to... Because sure. the uh, middle is just a murderous desert. Yeah, where, yeah. Where no life can be sustained. Exactly. And if you go to the uh, if you go to the west coast of Ireland, over to Galway and stuff, like, you've got the ocean there as well. So, um to be honest, it reminded me of um, Charlie in when they go to uh, when they go to the Jersey Shore in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and and he like starts to try and figure out if he can swim to Europe. Um, I, was, I was I was I was wondering if uh, I was wondering if uh, if I don't know who it'd be. It's probably Steve. Steve's like really the Charlie of this group in many <laughs> in many ways. Yeah, um, he is, if, yeah. if he was going to try and swim to Europe, yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, they're in California, aren't they? So swim yeah. to Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so. Um... BBA has a moment with her uncle Carl. Um, yep. Just reminiscing, little nice little. BBA is sort of connecting with her roots before. Yeah. Maybe going away. And and she yeah again so this this kind of um first off this is a lovely house I was got got real home envy from this like this kind of beach house um but the sort of beach bathing sequence really brings back again that kind of sun dappled nostalgia of like a garden state or a kind of two thousand and three like indie comedy where it feels like it's deliberately being very nostalgic and very heartwarming because it wants to juxtapose these kind of nostalgic sequences with the heartbreak that is inevitably going to come at the mm. end of this episode um and as you say we get bba kind of saying her goodbyes or reminiscing i suppose with her uncle carl and with her cousin whose name i have forgotten now i can't remember what her cousin's name is um amy amy but um you know they're like having a drink and stuff and it's all kind of it's it's a really clever kind of narrative bait and switch because it's making you think our oh, BBA is the one who is leaving this group. It's yeah. clear they're setting that up, and I th- I still think she will leave this group. I think I think that seems to be the direction her character is headed in now. Uh, or well, it, I think she will leave this dimension, whether the group comes with her or not. I'm not sure yet. Mm. Um, but um, so it's it's um that that's the that's the kind of the natural endpoint that that I suspected the episode was heading towards. So it was really cool for them to kind of change course because actually 
I don't want to get I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but the way it changes course is really supported by the themes of Jesse's relationships with the rest of the boys mm. um, and BBA. In that everyone knows he's struggling, we as an audience know he's struggling, yet he is a side character who is not really doesn't really get much attention paid to him until this episode where he's kind of like a co-lead in 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 some respects in this mm-hmm. episode and maybe that's me kind of like making excuses for what has previously been a lack of characterization but i feel like it really worked to kind of yeah. um to to compound the the impact of what happens with jesse yeah 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 no jesse like, this was a real tra- tra- tragedy this episode for jesse yeah. and i i yeah, um, well, we'll obviously we'll talk a bit more detail about it when we get there. But um, so there was this chat between Amy and BBA, <clears throat> and uh, I love characters that come in that just ask questions. It's just like, yeah, why is no one asking this, right? Yeah. So she she asks good questions. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Yeah. So she says, "They seem like good kids. Why are they here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are the cops after you as well? Which is just like a reasonable question and." BBA doesn't do a good job of answering it. I, I you know, I, I like BBA as, BBA as a character. I will say I don't know if she would hold up to intense scrutiny in police custody. She doesn't seem like she can handle pressure very well. I mean, or at least sandwich questioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> panics. Puts the phone down. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what I also like about it is BBA starts like going into the detail of what's going on, and so I'm just always, I'm, I'm just like. If you're in a cult, don't tell anyone about the cult. Yeah, but do not say the word cult, whatever you do. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, and then she starts like leading into, she's like, oh, they say you're in like a cult with that woman who died. And and then she she immediately starts off with, well, she didn't really die. It's like, abandon, abandon this. About like, she's not going to understand. You cannot begin (laughs) the explanation for this with, oh, this woman who died isn't really dead. Like, she's just travelled to a different dimension because that is going to make her think you are insane. Yeah, we're not a cult. She's just different dimension. <laughs> yeah, you know? She's in a different dimension. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We, we do these movements. It's not a cult. It's not a cult. Um, <laughs> uh, so we don't have a symbol. Uh, okay, so um, then we go to Steve and Angie on the beach. Yeah. Saying, you really think... like Steve's like sort of questioning whether BBA can do it. And then Angie, again, just comes in with a question that's just like the truth. It's like, come on, why don't you realize this? And she's like, uh, well, she did ran into the cafeteria for you all, didn't she? Yeah. Um, it's like, Steve, Steve, did you not did you not appreciate that at the time? Like, did you not? Yeah. And and he, you know, he is, I, I think this is very true to Steve's character, that he is very self-interested um, and self-centered, where he's so fixated on what is immediately in front of him as his goal, which is to travel, that he is growing frustrated with the people around him who will help him do it um, and is just kind of forgetting what they've actually done for him already because he just wants to go now. He's very, very, he's very childish um, in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he's kind of always been that way and seems like he always will be that way, which is frustrating um, in a good way. You know, it's a, it's a believable characterization, but it's also like, for God's sake, Steve. Come yeah, on. it seems like every time, up takes, a little. every time he takes a step in, uh, in, that he could learn from and could mature with, he always takes three steps back. Like, yeah. Um, okay, so Jesse is talking to Uncle Carl, uh, yep. sort of talking to him about his childhood and he used to go over the bridge because they're in Michigan, so across the bridge to uh, Canada to yeah. see some family. And he talks about a dream as well. Did you read anything to, into the actual content of what he was saying or did you just take the emotion of it? Um... I think I'm trying to think back to what he actually says now because I didn't take notes on it. But I think to me it was more 
characterization that Jesse is only comfortable opening up about himself to someone who is unresponsive and dying, mm-hmm. um, uh, which you know speaks to how tragic his relationships with those around him um, actually are. In terms of what he says, I think I I believe that when he speaks um, about what what heaven is like, um, I think he's saying that with absolute conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have really seen the as someone who like you know tries to analyze where a narrative might be going when jesse starts talking about oh this is what heaven will be like and then steals some drugs i in retrospect i should have been like oh he's gonna try and kill himself because otherwise why is he talking about heaven when he's 18 or however old these these kids are supposed to be um i think i think they're all 18 except for buck at this stage at least i hope so for french's sake (laughs) yeah yeah otherwise he's in trouble or well his friend is in trouble um but uh, yeah, so it's I, I don't know if I took too much from his description of what he thinks the afterlife will actually be like, purely because I think he's speaking purely from feeling and belief rather than from experience. Um, but, you know, we've seen before in this show that feeling is half the battle when it comes to predicting how things are actually going to go. So maybe there is some maybe there is some truth to it. Yeah. OK. Uh, BBA uh, comes in, sees him. Uh, there's a bit of more... Uh... She's a bit mortified uh, when whenever she reveals that she's been listening. Uh, but then they go and yeah. have a chat um, and sort of talk about if she's going to travel and stuff like that. Um, any, any notes on this little sort of... Uh, it's like a, it's sunset uh, chat looking out over the ocean. What, what do you think? I mean, it's, you know, it's classic imagery of, you know, the sun is going down on their relationship. And I, I think the, <clears throat> the real tragedy of this scene in particular is that I think if BBA had said the right thing, she could have stopped Jesse from killing himself here. Um, mm. But her, she's a, she's an interesting character, BBA, because she does she wants to be very caring and nurturing to these kids, but she doesn't. She's not very good at doing like the kind of just low level stuff. Like she can do the extreme stuff where she you know she needs to go and pay fifty thousand dollars to res- uh, rescue Steve yeah, from being run, run, run into a cafeteria with an active shooter in it yeah. yeah exactly like she'll happily do that stuff because she 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 loves these kids and maybe she's not happily <laughs> well yeah happily is maybe not the right word willingly let's say yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she had a smile on her face when she went into that cafeteria Wouldn't like oh it be nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um that would have been a great backing sound for that scene. It would have changed the tone of it, I think, slightly. Um, yeah. turn, it, but, turn, uh, turn it into sucker punch or something. Oh god, yeah, that's exactly what it would have done. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, uh, yeah, so, so doing like the kind of just low level kind of emotional maintenance of these kids is something that she's not very good at. Um, and and Jesse here, I feel like I just wanted someone to grab him, like kind of like what Steve did on the bus, I guess, but mm-hmm. more so, just grab him and give him a hug and be like, "It's going to be okay. It's fine. Like you're allowed to be traumatized by this. You're allowed to to feel like you're alone. Like we will get through this together and not let him go off on his own because he clearly he clearly needs to be around people, yeah. uh, even though well he he needs to be around people because he feels completely alone even though he might not be mm-hmm. um and i think the, the the real tragedy of this scene is that she doesn't or is unable to do that um and lets him go off on his own to to kill himself yeah and she realizes like uh her, what her dreams are telling her too late um her yeah. dream was telling her that jesse needs help um because obviously we know that her brother committed suicide yeah so therefore the fact that it was her brother saying uh you know we need you need your help and then it turns around to, to Jesse. It really was hinting at her that someone close to her 
another one is going to commit suicide and that's yeah. what it was yeah and it's it's um yeah it's a shame that that she didn't put two and two together um soon enough um and it it's it doesn't based on based on Jesse's presentation in the dream where he like obviously it's a dream sequence and he's mm. not actually there manifesting himself but the fact that to her he is kind of like begging um for her to help him makes me think that he the implication there is that Jesse did not go calmly into the next world or you know whatever whatever they they kind of yeah whatever you want to consider the afterlife to be in this in this this version of reality um which makes his death all the sadder i think that mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't he wasn't at peace with himself when he died um which is which is really tragic like for anyone but particularly for an 18 year old yeah he didn't willingly step into the invisible river like yeah he he drowned in it i suppose yeah. is what you could say yeah. it. um okay so uh hashtag deep uh what do you call it uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> hashtag deep uh so jesse does um commit suicide and yep. he the is bloody neutral milk culture hotel comes back again i was like you sons of bitches you <laughs> fooled me into what this is gonna and, and that was actually the moment where that music comes in i was like okay he's not coming back because uh you wouldn't you would i feel like it would be quite cheap for them to pluck at the heartstrings with the kind of uh motifs of the the musical score during a death scene only to then have him come back to life um and i feel like they they don't they don't tend to write things like this cheaply um i mean death it's pretty uncommon, actually, in this mm-hmm. show when you think about it, uh, or, or certainly permanent death. Um, so yeah, like the, the permadeath. The, the, permadeath, exactly. Um, so when this, when this, the score, the, the the score returned, I was like, oh shit, Jesse's actually gone. Yeah, and actually, I, I didn't even think about this. Right, I'm sure he was long gone because he was in there all night after taking the pain medication. But because of how wrapped they are up they are in the movements and their mm. belief, like you know, and their belief that it's real, and we understand at this point why they think it's real because obviously the signs they've had in the house with uh, the, uh, the 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 clairvoyant and all, but mm. not one of them tried CPR. Um, well, I think f- did French French no. tried it. Oh, very maybe, briefly. Well, actually, maybe he, he did very briefly. He, but yeah, then they, he very briefly very, did compressions. But they very like, cold. Yeah, they very quickly. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm wrong then. And French is, <laughs> and French is the character to do it. Actually, if you're going to believe, like, who has their first aid training? It's French. Like, he's the one. Yeah, I mean, and French really is the MVP of this scene because you know Buck and Steve start doing the movements and realize they're kind of fucking them up because I guess the implication is they're too distraught to to do them accurately and with with quote unquote perfect feeling. Um, and French first tries the 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 chest compressions. Um, realizes Jesse is cold and that cpr is not going to bring him back so i mean it's easy to miss because i think he gives up after less than a minute of doing it it's it's like he tries it for a second and then it's like no it's not going to work um and then takes charge and steals a car which i was like all right french good job like you are you're on this because uh yeah you guys are already suspected of being kidnapped by bba and joining a cult uh you do not want to be found with a dead body on the beach yep yep exactly um okay so they do the the movements for a while yeah. Um, BBA joins in and eventually like Buck sort of is overcome with like, you know, being distraught and yeah. they, they can't do them properly and they're just like it's they feel like it's not working. Um here's my okay, so I went through a bit of a journey here. Okay. Because I hadn't seen this episode in probably a few months. Just before we started doing this, I watched the whole series through again. And before that I hadn't seen it since it was released. So I read something on the subreddit the other day about 
uh, Jesse, and they think that potentially, like, you know how people on the internet can be so confident in their opinion, right? (laughs) And they said, they said, now I'm not saying this is false theory, but their reasoning was clearly false because they said, um, you know, whenever the Scott was brought back, it was two people doing it. And they said, but, you know, whenever Jesse was brought back, it was the five of them doing it. So maybe they actually sent him to another another dimension. And I, and I, so I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really cool idea. So, like, the all week I was thinking about that theory. And then I finally watched the episode. And I was like, oh, that person on Reddit was full of shit. Yeah, it's only uh, two of them doing it. There's only, there's only two at a time doing it. What the fuck are they talking about? Like, you know, they, they were so confident that it made me start, like, running wild yeah, with theories. Yeah, you question yourself. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I, 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 like, I don't think there's that much to read into this. I think they tried to bring him back. They failed because they were too distraught um, to do the, the movements. Um effectively my my bigger question which i'm sure we'll get to later um is what was steve doing later because i don't understand what his goal was with those movements yeah so he's doing anything anything he could to try and save it now i will say that um there are some things going on in the world right now that have got people excited for a potential third season of this show. Now, oh, really? that's happened multiple times over the last couple of years. Let me just say that. So yeah. it's probably going to come to nothing. But at the end, whenever we do our theory matrix and stuff, at the end of this, we're also going to have a look at stuff. I, I want to do a like part of that podcast where I'm going to sh- show you or talk to you about the times that people thought the show was coming back. And then we'll have a discussion about whether we think it will actually come back. Oh, okay. That would be um, good. Slash potentially heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I will say, the reason why I said that is because if the show did come back, I could see the way I would do it, right? I don't think Jesse sh- Jesse's consciousness should still be alive. If Maybe he'd come back in like a Rachel and Amira type way in a different universe uh, yeah. at some point. But I think that you have to keep him dead to have this... this, this, yeah. this it, the way it's affected the rest of these characters in the, the, mo- the moment, you ha- he has to stay dead. What I wouldn't be surprised is if they did bring it back, maybe they got to a point in a in a particular season, season three, season four, where you actually met uh, an alternate version of Jesse and the characters think that he is in there somewhere, but he's actually not. You know, I could yeah. see that as well. I think, uh, uh, you know, I could see, definitely see them utilising the actor again because, you know, they're, they're, they've set themselves up to be able to use these actors um, in slightly different roles mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a really believable and interesting way. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Jesse, as we know him, should remain dead because this feels like a very very important moment for the rest of the for the rest of the cast of characters or the rest of the boys in bba um and feels it, it would be if they dragon ball z this death and had him like wished back using the dragon balls in like yeah. two weeks time i'd be a bit like oh that kind of robs that of a lot of its emotional impact yeah, and and shows do do that, you know. Um, yeah, you've got when you kill a character, you've got a window of time to bring them back where it's okay. Like yeah. say, like say, like you know, there's an episode of Lost where a character dies, and then they give him CPR for like ages, and then they give up, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's dead!" And then like then the main character Jack's like, "No, he's fucking not. I'm trying again," and he tries again, and he and he brings him back. Like oh, that's okay. a good that's a good like two three minutes of suspense. If you if you go past that, and it's just like you just move on to the next scene. And then come back, and he's still alive. It's a bit hollow, and that's actually there, there was there was a show I can't remember. Oh yes, I will say <laughs> I love the show Babylon Berlin. Absolutely okay. love it. Hardly anything negative to say about it. But there is one part of that show where a character at the end of an episode 
it's very clear that that they have drowned. They 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 really really show you them drowning. Okay. Uh, and then the next episode, it starts with someone pulling them out of the water and giving them CPR. It's like they, uh. I like if they had done that straight away in the episode, it really would have felt right. But the fact is, they waited to the next episode. You know, yeah. and I was like, it's just like a cheap cliffhanger at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah doesn't, exactly. isn't going to get paid off. I mean, listen, I I grew up reading comic books and. The character death in comic books is nothing but a minor inconvenience for the most part. You know, it was always like a running joke of every time Jean Grey and the X Men died, how long would it be before she came back to life again? Um, so it's yeah, yeah. It, like by by those standard, those admittedly low standards, um, the OA could bring um, Jesse back in like three episodes time. And I'd be like, that was some restraint shown there, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, okay. So they go to a hotel. Or motel, yep. I should say. Motel, yeah. The the tuxedo motel, I believe it's called, which just classy like place. Cla- yeah, sounds like a classy place. Uh, I will say, having been to America and done little road trips and stuff around America, let me just say to you, there's nothing more terrifying than sleeping in a fucking motel. I I don't know why. Like, literally, just a door between you and the world. Something about it just doesn't feel right. That's that's like I have seen enough action thrillers to know that. If you're going to get killed by gangsters, it's going to be in a motel because they're going to kick that door open and then they're going to shoot you. <laughs> like, yeah. it, there's nothing protecting you from that. Exactly. And I, w- I will say as well, like um, I went, this is random, this happened in a motel, so it is actually uh, relevant. Um, when we went to Nashville, we got a motel and we decided to get a pizza because we'd heard, we'd, we'd heard that, like, you know, we just arrived, we got to the motel, it was quite late at night. Uh, we'd heard that uh, any, pizza anywhere outside like New York was terrible in America. Um, okay. Obviously, uh, or we, so you like, decided to check. Yeah, we did. Uh, so obviously, like Chicago has the deep dish and stuff, but that's not real pizza. That's a soup. But uh, not, basically, I'm not getting drawn into this <laughs> debate with you. I, I I stand with Chicago. I've never had a deep dish pizza, but that looks good to me. It does look good. Yeah, but it's what it's a classification thing, I think. Um, you know, I'm like, listen, you, you, you're making a rod for your own back here. I, I, I would like, I would like it to go on the record that I have nothing against Chicago deep dish pizza, and I, I am a, I'm, I'm a pizza agnostic. I respect all types of, I respect I, all types of pizza. I, I'm on John Stewart's side. Go and watch the John Stewart clip of him. Isn't sl- John Stewart from New York? Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's not exactly a, a neutral party in this de- <laughs> this debate, is he? Hang on, hang on, hang on. But the rest of the world, the New York New York style pizza, is basically what the rest of the world calls pizza. So it's yeah. not really a New York thing. It's uh, pizza versus Chicago thing. But um, so John Stewart has a great <laughs> a great thing where he like rants about it. But anyway, so we got a pizza in in uh, Nashville because we'd heard that pizza outside New York was terrible everywhere. Um, right. You know, we'll sort of leave an asterisk on Chicago. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you, Conrad. I <clears throat> ate the pizza, Go and I, I couldn't finish it. It was disgusting. Like I'm not yeah. even joking yet. It was. What are, in what way is it bad though? Is it just like the it, topping is bad, or is it like one of the cheap ones you buy and cook in the oven yourself? No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a cheap one and cook in the oven. But it was. Yeah, it, I don't know. I can't explain it. It it wasn't just wasn't a good pizza. It wasn't. It was like not thick enough or and not thin enough at the same time. It was, <laughs> it, it was like it wasn't a thin pizza, which like it was like the Italian style, but it also wasn't like a thick crust. It was like a weird in between. Yeah, and like the cheese wasn't enough, and like there was also uh, we also got like mozzarella sticks on the side, and like they just tasted like vomit. Like there was, I, I, I oh, don't wow. know. 
this this just wasn't good. I don't know why. I don't I, understand how you. I mean, in, in, uh, maybe my standards are really low, uh, but because England doesn't have a, um, I would say most kind of fast food in England is like a poor imitation of what you can get in America. Mm. Um, so maybe my standards are just really low. But most pizzas that you get from places here, I'm like, that was okay. Like, that was a pretty good pizza. Um, yeah. so so if it's worse than that, I don't know. I don't know how you make it that bad, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying to you. Like, the pizza we have over here is actually... I had pizza in New York as well. Like, we went to a proper family we know in New York took us to a really good pizza restaurant. It was absolutely brilliant. But the pizza we have I had in New York, I never thought I'd say this, but the pizza we have in Ireland was closer to New York than Nashville. Like, it's better that's than... Great. Yeah, than... Take m- that, America. Nashville. Yeah, take that. Um, okay, so... Uh, I mean, Ireland is closer to Italy. So it's, it it's makes true. sense. Starts with I as well, so... Yeah. Idaho. Idaho is where the, you want to go for a pizza. The flag is basically the same as well, to be honest. Yeah, just be one honest. Color yeah. slightly you change, change, change the orange, uh, the shade of the orange a little bit, rearrange them, you're in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, and that's why we have such good pizza. You know, <laughs> it's not it's not quite there. The the orange tones uh, within the pizza should maybe be a bit more red to make the flag yeah. look the same. But uh, yeah. apart from that, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you know that's why... No, I'm just, I'm, I was going to I was going to speak absolute bollocks there. I was going to say, did you know that uh, pizza is actually... Uh, the Italian flag is actually after pizza because uh, green for the for the herbs and white for the cheese and red for the tomato. We, get, uh, we would get emails. We would get angry emails and comments being like, how dare you? But in Italian accents, which I'm not going to attempt here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, could be something there with fajitas in Mexico too, but we're not good at it. Right, okay, so... Um, French, uh, they're going to the motel. French calls mm. um, our good old friend, Ilias Rahim. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So it's, okay, so the there's a couple of things that happen before Ilias turns up that I just wanted to mention. So yeah, the first one was, Steve is on the beach for what seems like hours and hours and hours mm-hmm, doing the movements, mm-hmm. well after Jesse's body um, has been taken away by the coroners. Second thing is, I didn't recognise the jacket that he picks up from Amy's house was that jesse's he goes and gets oh, like a jacket with like possibly. a yeah, it had an american flag on the back yeah so like an american flag but i, I didn't recognize it as jesse's neither did i to be honest with you i don't actually know maybe he's, okay. maybe he just stole it okay that i mean that i just I, I was a little bit like oh, i don't recognize that so okay Ilias shows up mm-hmm. and the first thing that i noticed was he's wearing his goddamn um fbi jacket like a field work jacket well but the thing is with with Ilias is that he has led Prairie and, and, and Nancy and Abel to believe that he's not really a proper FBI agent. He's, he's basically just a counsellor who works for the FBI. Um, you, so still have, see... you still have the company jacket. I don't coach the, uh, the Gaelic football team in my school, but I've still got a school uh, <laughs> jumper with, with the crest on. Well, see, no, I, I think, I mean, this is admittedly based mainly on Silence of the Lambs and the X-Files, but, like, my understanding is if you only wear the, that kind of fieldwork jacket if you are an agent or a special agent, which he has explicitly said he is not, to Prairie. So I feel like he was, this is basically just, I mean, it's not a major thing, but to me this was kind of confirming that he has lied to Prairie and, mm-hmm. and Nancy and Abel about his role within the FBI, that he is much more of a law enforcement um, he is much more involved in this kind of law enforcement part of the the FBI than mm-hmm. than he he led them to believe. Could be. Yeah. Um, and I also um, I I really love the the change in lighting between the scenes. So you've got the the sort of sun dappled uh, fading of the light with Steve doing the movements, and mm-hmm. then it cuts to Elias 
in the in the motel room, really dramatically lit with like shadow and red light on him. Um, a very a very sort of stark shift um, to you know suggest that the motives of this character are perhaps darker, perhaps more unclear. Um, and a, and, a, and a great kind of I mean, I've got more to say on this scene, but leads to a great cliffhanger at the end of the episode as well. Yeah, but I will say, Conrad, could we perhaps be seeing this character? In a different light. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes, I, I would say so. Although I still think, I still, I, I'm not sure about him. Like he said, he's been sent to help her, but the light that we are seeing him in, still, it definitely is still designed to raise questions about his motivations, despite what he is saying. But I, th- um, I think if that's what you're saying, if that's, I think it's sort of confirmed that he's sort of the cream of this world in this episode for me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And yeah. I think if if that's what you're saying, that there is some sort of nefarious undertone still going on, I think you have to say the same for Kareem. And I don't see it there. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like Kareem. So it, I'd like it's odd as well, though, that Kareem Kareem doesn't realize his role not in the yet. same way that Ilias does. No, not yet. He did no, seem to. He did seem to click something when she said, "What did he call? What did the octopus call you? OA? Like, what did you call yourself? OA?" He seemed to be clicking something there. Not not as if it like sort of reminded him or a deja vu thing. So yeah. there might be something coming there, but not yet. You know. But I I wonder if if the 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 I wonder if Prairie's brother, it would be really, or O.A.'s brother, I should say. I, I wonder if O.A.'s brother is kind of, at, its, at, at his core, a kind of diametrically opposed force to the O.A. Uh, so where she is kind and empathetic, he is kind of ruthless and driven and focused. Um, and the different characterizations of the brother we are seeing in Kareem and Ilyas mm-hmm. um, reflect how aware those people are of the fact that they are carrying the soul mm. of this brother. So in Ilyas's case, you know, he's very... I believe when, what, what he says when he says, I'm here to help her, but to me, the way that he's presented kind of makes me think of him like a like a kind of... he He's like a blunt object, almost. Like, he will help pr- the OA, but he doesn't really care who he who he hurts to do it mm-hmm. um whereas kareem because he's less aware that that's what he is he still has some of the, the aspects of his human character that uh present him as a, as a as a better person which maybe that will fade away as as um as as the the the, the soul of the brother of the oa comes more to the surface that's kind of me just spitballing but i yeah, feel yeah. like there's clearly a very different presentation and characterization of Ilias and 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 um and um and uh kingsley benadir um or um oh my god his head Riz- his Riz- name no the the um the kingsley benadir's character completely gone kareem that's it. his name just completely went out of my head for a second um between yeah Ilias and kareem um which i think is notable and I'll be interested to see how their characters change, particularly Kareem's, as as the show kind of heads towards its conclusion. Yeah, I think there is some some note to that. Like to, to be honest, because we do have the theme of holding a consciousness within yourself, and it's slowly coming to the surface. That is there already, so yeah. it makes sense actually to to draw that line of comparison between the brother and the other people who've travelled. So yeah, maybe. Um, okay, so. Uh, when they're in the room with Ilias, we have missed a couple of small notes. Um, so we'll go back and have a look at them, right? So yeah. first of all, the BBA is sort of talking about that she thinks something is wrong with her. This sort of culminates 
with their uh, her explaining whenever Ilias is there that um, she f- feels other people, other presences in the room, and she did yeah. when she touched the TV too. Um, so, I love that they've just glossed over the fact, just to briefly mention that she clearly just broke that woman's TV and then booked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, just imagine them all like hightailing it out while the woman is like, "Come back here and replace my television." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they're all very. It's like most of this group are very sort of mild mannered. Um, I said mi- mild maddled. That's yeah. that's literally a quote from Robin Hood when I, Robin Hood the cartoon. Uh, oh, okay. Mind your maddles. Mind your maddles. I, li- I accidentally <laughs> actually said mad maddles instead of manners there. Well, we'll I just we'll call it a reference. A hilarious reference. Yeah, it was a reference. It was a reference. Um, okay. Anyway, so uh, my point is they're all quite mild, mild mannered, and and sort of very not really over the top people. Steve's the exception, I think. Um, yeah. So when you actually look back at this trip they've had, you know, they've broken someone's TV. Uh, they one of them's died. They stole, stole a, a car. They stole, well, a they stole car. two cars, actually, because I think the implication is they kind of stole Angie's dad's car as well. Yeah. Killed an animal. Um, yeah. They, they've broken a mirror. Seven years of bad luck. Um, and I, I wouldn't actually be opposed to someone coming up with some sort of theory that they are going to build in a, something about bad luck with the mirror being broken. Like, I would I would actually wouldn't be opposed to someone that as well. That seems it seems like a type of show which might touch upon that sort of thing. Mm. Um but yeah, so it's it's interesting when you look back at their their trip that they have actually done that. But um, so they talk about the, the the rooms, they talk about spaces being connected. We sort of talked about that a little already. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that uh, Ilias was like uh, saying said the French, um, you know, you remember where we met? Uh, and he and he was like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's like, you never asked me why I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like first question. That well, I want to know how asking. he got in. Did he have a key? Did he go through the same window? Like, oh, yeah, he went through the same window. <laughs> yeah. is, is is my guess. Um, yeah, I, and he doesn't really, he doesn't really say either. Like he, like he kind of, kind of talks around it, talking about you know, spaces. as you just as you said there, yeah, dimensions connected through spaces. Um, and um, you know you're not you're not. Lo- I like the the quote. You're not losing your mind. You're finding new spaces inside of it. Um, that was which great. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought was very cool. But yeah, it, it doesn't. He didn't really lay out exactly what he was doing in Prairie's home, except that presumably there are other people in that home that he is he is able to sense and perhaps communicate with. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if we get anything more explicit on that in mm-hmm. the coming episodes. And then obviously he ends with the. Um, I've been sent to help her. She's going to need it. And then dramatic zoom um, and electrical interference outside, which to me just implies what he was saying is true, that there are other people in this motel room with them uh, because the electrical interference is how all all kind of dimensional shifts have manifested in previous, uh, previous episodes. Yeah. And like that, when that, when that sort of interference comes, I wonder if that's like people, another person like BBA is in the room as well and they're yeah. also sensing the others in the room. Maybe when there's a connection through that sense, that's when there's an interference. Because you'd imagine everywhere you go, there there would be people everywhere you go. Right. There would be <laughs> there would be <laughs> there would be people uh everywhere in every dimension. So it's not like yeah. it's like the lights aren't always flickering. So there must be some connection being made between them, you know? Yeah, and I, I think it's it's telling that it's not always the same person as well. So Buck when Rachel turned up in Buck's house, um, you know, he was able to sense her and and I think that's that the connections are not always as of the or black and white as it is a version of you in another dimension, which is interesting mm-hmm. in and of itself. 
Exactly. Righto. Well, that's us done with the episode. Do you want to get into the rune? Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Internet Movie Database Rating, uh, 8.4. Okay. 8, 8.4, which actually puts it a little bit higher than most of the episodes from Season 1, even though we're back in the same universe. Yeah. I I think I'd probably... This is one of the few times I, in this show where I think I would actually rate it slightly higher um, than the IMDb rating. I, I think the emotiveness of this episode, I think the way it was shot... Um, I think the the way they were able to take us on on through what is essentially a eulogy of Jesse's character and his relationship with the others was really beautiful. Um, and it, you know, although it doesn't really move the plot forward um, in any in any really significant way, I thought it was actually a really nice change of pace um, to to have something like this. That's just a kind of just a, almost like, it's not really a character study because there's not that much characterization that goes on. But it's really just an opportunity to sit with these characters that we've been with for, I guess, you know, the whole of the first season and then a couple of hours this season as well. So not an insignificant amount of time before one of them leaves the show. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think mm. it's it, it, it's not a particularly dynamic episode, um, but it, it definitely worked for me. So I, I would say at least an 8.5 for this in terms of achieving what it, what it set out to. I agree with you. And it also maybe... If this episode came in episode three of season one, it wouldn't be an 8.5, but it's because we've yeah. been on the journey with these characters to this point yeah, as well. Yeah. Sort of culmination of Jesse's story and stuff. Okay, um, you said before we started that you didn't really have any theories coming out of this episode, so we might have to just go straight to the questions, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's not really anything apart from, I guess, broadly what we've talked about with Kareem and Ilyas's differing characterization. Um, that's not really an explicit theory in The Matrix because it's more just like, eh, there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apart from that, as I say, not the most dynamic of episodes, not a lot of fodder for theories, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure when we get back to uh, to the San Francisco stuff, there'll be plenty to to sink our teeth into. Right, okay, so I'm just going to get you to do one theory, right? Alright. Are they going to go to Treasure Island this season? Ye- I mean, they're in California, they've got to. They're just like they're round the corner from San Francisco at this point. Like it would be crazy for them not to. I mean, you say that when I, whenever I flew from Los Angeles to San Francisco, it was still like a four-hour flight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy to forget that like America is quite big. Like, like yeah, Calif- yeah. California is a is is not small. But yeah. in in term, you know, relatively speaking, San Francisco is round the corner. They can pop to San Francisco from wherever they are. In they'll be there in half an hour. So, yeah. like, I I think they they wouldn't they wouldn't have had them travel. To, San, uh, to California if they weren't going to they weren't going to have yeah. them end up in San Francisco it'd be crazy yeah okay alright um, maybe all they'll right. just go to Vegas <laughs> okay they'll, they'll be like an Ocean's Eleven style heist sequence that's, well they, uh, they said they were near Reno didn't they so it's yeah. kind of I'm going to ask you a question now which <laughs> the listeners who've seen the whole show will be probably like why the hell are you asking that people who haven't <laughs> seen it will probably think are you giving something away um, okay but I just we've got two episodes to go after this, so I'm just gonna who who cares? I'm just gonna ask you a random question. <laughs> okay. Um, do you think that there'll be something some involvement uh with the fact that if they do go to uh San Francisco Treasure Island, will there be some sort of involvement in the Michelle in the second dimension missing uh missing a storyline with Buck also being in the same spot? Uh do you think there's something going on in terms of that? Um do you think there, there could be some sort of buck stuff at the, at the end of the season? 
So I feel I was thinking about this actually, where where Michelle might be, because I think it is it's really telling that we just haven't seen Michelle at all um, this season, and we're running out of time. Well, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, mm. and, we're, we're, and we're running out of time to to see her. So I I'm gonna I'll tell you what I'm gonna shoot from the hip with this. I'm gonna say I think Michelle is in Treasure Island, and I think that they will travel to uh maybe that's why it's not safe for them actually i wonder hmm um so like it, it, i think i think they will travel into their 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 selves um in and around treasure island and i think michelle i think buck will travel into michelle's body and that uh, her body is is in um treasure island um at the moment and she and she's been detained under the same kind of pretenses that pierre ruskin has um kind of worked with hap to detain prairie and the other the other travelers um okay yeah i think I that's mean, what I, I think that's where i see that going when you said there they could be in treasure island and that's and and that could be why it's not safe for them to go I, I'm, I yes no i'm not giving any answers here nothing like that but i'd love you to think about that while what while before you watch the next episode i can't even remember in the next episode if you find out anything about anything but just like i think that's a cool idea and i think you might be along a line of a, a line of thought there that you could you could explore a little uh, the idea like something about treasure island and why they wouldn't be able to go i'm not saying that there's anything involved there but it's just a cool i'd like to see where your brain goes with that yeah okay i'll, I'll, I'll give that some more thought because yeah that that was kind of playing on my mind this whole episode this idea that only bba can go it's like well we haven't we haven't seen any of them for, for that mm-hmm. matter um but i don't think it's that they're dead because if they were dead they wouldn't be able to travel to that dimension i don't i i don't think there's any way that they could they could go um as evidenced by elodie keeping herself alive mm-hmm. so that she's got kind of a point a, 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 a bus stop to return to um in that dimension if she wants to go back to it yeah. so it must be that the characters are in some kind of peril um which being imprisoned in a corrupt psychiatric facility certainly fits the bill for but yeah I'll, I'll 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 try and unpack that a bit more and see if i can come up with anything else that might that uh that might flesh that out all right awesome okay do you want to get into the questions then we've got a couple yeah let's do it a stranger from the outside all right guys make sure you leave a comment underneath if you want to ask Conrad a question underneath the pinned comment we will ask them to him i've got four today so i'll start off with the most important one let's be honest okay and it says what is a house uh it's a it's a it's a place to quote french honestly when he was asked that question i was like come on french you can do better than this i know you can say something yeah i know it's i know it sounds like a trick question but like you know come on like play the game um a house is uh a space in which things live and that's and (laughs) as far as i can tell there's no difference between a house a clinic uh a a hospital or anything else that Ilias mentioned it's just a space for people to travel the 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 real um the interesting thing to me is like the use of the word house um very very explicitly in my mind evokes images of the green uh house with the rose window at the top Mm. of it um yeah and and this idea that kind of you know different spirits or you know that there is a way to kind of that that yourself is is projected outwards across dimensions in the same place um 
and and in you know something like Prairie's house in the the original uh, dimension, it's on a fairly small scale. I guess you know there's there's, there's probably some some spirits. I'm going to call them spirits, even though I'm not I'm not particularly religious, but it's just an easy word to use. Uh, but don't read too much into that. But it, mm-hmm. um, inhabit that place. But something like the greenhouse seems like almost like a confluence of um, of spaces that that like multiple kind of spaces exist within it at once. So it's almost it's almost like I don't know the King's Cross station for the Harry Potter fans out there yeah. of 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 the multi dimensional world of travel, where it's just you know it's a it's a bloody nightmare. Like there's just there's there's beings just flitting all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I think like that's that's kind of when I think of what what Ilias is talking about as a house, it makes me th- me think more of the greenhouse in that of it course. is it is a place of gathering for different things that are projecting themselves across dimensions and and makes it easy for you to travel between them. I guess. Yeah, I think I think I think that drawing that comparison there is obviously. It's really, really good, I think. And most people are like, "What is a house?" It sounds like it was a, a, a off the off the cuff question, which is like, "We well, come on, French, you know what a house is." But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like the fact, like a house does. Play you go to huge... college, French. Like, yeah. come on, you need to. You need, I know, I know your essay was on bees, but like, you need to do a bit better than this. <laughs> it wasn't on bees. Uh, Canonically, on, it was on bees. All right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was on bee. What bees? Wasn't first... it on CPR? His, it on, his... I think it was on bees first aid. <laughs> CPR on bees. I think. No, I think it was on C. It just, yeah, I'm just it thinking was. it ties back into him giving CPR to Jesse. Yeah, we'll it's all yeah. connected. All connected. Yeah, it's all connected. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, next question from Bill Ross says for both. I guess the first question would be: Is Ilias uh, the brother who Old Night referred to? I think we both agree. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to um, be. He's got to be. Yeah. Next. Next question: If Ilias is always brother or helper, why was he at Prairie's house when he met French, and what was he trying to do? Yeah, so that is a good question. Um, I, I mean, I think he, he's like, mm, it's hard because we don't know what's going on in that space. Maybe it's a, maybe it's more, it's less the literal geographical space and more the interconnectivity of places that mean something to someone. So like Prairie when she's in the greenhouse which is like this sort of confluence or like railway station with these paths branching off it to different places she is able to project herself out to places of meaning to her like her house um in 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 the original world or um or the the mine i guess is probably another one and he was there in some way communing maybe even speaking to to her through through something else mm. um i think that's probably what he was trying to do I, I don't think he's interested, or, or in fact, maybe he's looking for where she went. Um, you know, if he can find her, you know, projecting herself outwards from the, the dimension she's currently in, he's able to find out where she is and, and then maybe go there to help her. Or or um, I guess he wouldn't go there to help her, actually, because Kareem's already there, but he would have a better understanding of how to help her in this dimension. So yeah. I, I think that's probably what he was doing, kind of like tracking down where she'd gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next question from Always the Foreigner. What do you think will be Amy's reaction when uh, she gets home and to find Steve's <laughs> hair clogging the sink? Yeah, and like Steve, like we've, I've, I've, listen, I've had words on this show before about Steve and how he behaves in other people's homes. So he goes to the church, he drinks, he tries to drink milk, or it might have been milk or juice, I can't remember which one it was, but straight out of the carton, which I was yeah, immediately yeah, yeah, like, milk, Steve get fucked like that is outrageous to do that in someone else's house then he goes to amy's amy's house 
seemingly steals a jacket i don't know who that belonged to left <laughs> left a young boy's body on the beach and then just shaved his head in the in the uh, in in her basin and just left hair all over the bathroom it's 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 outrageous it's not, i mean her her reaction is going to be what the, like who who came back to shave their head in this bathroom like they, they ran off with my car but one of them returned to shave their head in the bathroom <laughs> or maybe uncle carl has made a recovery and like and he's you know he shaved himself yeah um and then, yeah we went back straight back to lying down um yeah. okay so uh on a more serious note uh do you think steve will be able to reunite with the others before they send bba or will this be another dangling plot um no i think they have to i think there has to be i i, I think the way this season is going to end there's got to be some kind of big reunion between all, all of the boys and bba and and the oa um if only very briefly but i think that will be the last thing we see of any of them okay lovely 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 last question from milos vitten start down guys uh another interesting uh episode question uh slash questions for, for my dear conrad please i would like him to contemplate a little a little bit more on worthiness does he expect anybody by the end of the season to be worthy and how would it be manifested i think prairie is by virtue of how she has traversed the greenhouse and the rose window really without incident certainly when you compare it to kareem who was who was placed into peril um i think looking at how we've discussed in this episode the different characterizations of Ilyas and kareem and and indeed the different presentations and how they're shot and how they're lit i think the fact that kareem was found to be unworthy um based on how the house responded to him makes me think that what i was saying about Ilias's kind of base character is probably true um not that he's inherently a bad person but that he's willing to do or a bad being but that he's willing to do bad things to achieve his goals um and that kareem has that inside of him though it's slightly suppressed at the moment by the human kareem uh, washington who is a good person but will eventually be perhaps overcome by mm-hmm. um by the, the 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 other the other being within him um so i think <clears throat> I, I in terms of the actual concept of worthiness it's a really interesting word that they use there because it implies a certain like moralism or moral relativism that that the show hasn't really dealt in before and, and hasn't mentioned again here mm-hmm. um Although, I, I mean, I, I, it's probably a bit of a boring answer, but I wonder if it is a, a kind of a, a traditional moral code as we as we know it. You know, like kindness and empathy, and, like King and, Arthur pulling the pulling the sword out of stone. He yeah, was like I, I, I wonder if it is going to be because that would be like an easy answer but it's not necessarily a bad answer to just be like, no, you know, you have to be a good person in order to be considered worthy. Um, Though that, having said that, I don't know if that would. Prairie seems quite special in that she is able to traverse it where pretty much everyone else, it seems, has failed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't seem like it would be unique to her. Okay. So maybe the worthiness means something else. Uh, it maybe a maybe in terms of like I don't know the position they occupy in the multiverse hierarchy, but it's it's so broad that it's hard to say at the moment. But I'll be interested okay. to see if anyone else can traverse that rose window. I wonder if we'll find that out by the end of the season, actually. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, so Milos actually goes on to say here, um, Conrad fairly quickly went over the beyond the rose window part. So what realization does he think is beyond, uh, is beyond what will be yielded? Is it, is it about like the, what, what VOA really is? Or is it possibly something uh, more broad? What, what do you think actually the, the realization is? So I think she's already gone. That, well, my interpretation of it from last episode was that she'd already gone beyond the rose window when oh, she so ended up I think, the... I think Milos I think Milos is sort of applying... <clears throat> like it, it mentioned, I think the architect uh, talking about when they were talking about that sort of thing, it mentioned making it to the rose window in the house. So I think yeah. Milos has taken that very literally, meaning you have to get to the window and look mm-hmm. through it. I Yes, okay. So I guess the tree... Um, like uh, Prairie finding herself in like the roots of the um, that in, in in the roots of the, those trees, is not beyond the rose window then, which does make sense because I feel like actually it's like a special rose... thing for Prairie, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I feel like maybe seeing the rose window and traversing it is is a, is a more of a kind of climactic moment than than uh, I initially gave it credit for. So in terms of what it will look like. She's had this hint from this sort of tree sequence that the multiverse is nothing but this like interconnected series of plants that uh, want to preserve the canopy um, mm-hmm. by by protecting each other. Um, going beyond the rose window, I guess, is maybe going to give her more of that like holistic view. So she she's kind of where we see from her perspective. She is like in the the roots of one particular tree, uh, and the camera you know zooms out to show that this is she is essentially in a forest, even if she can't perceive it that way. Um, and maybe traversing the rose window is going to gro- like broaden her mind to the point where she is able to kind of view the entirety of this web of interconnected interconnected roots that make up the multiverse um, and traverse it as she wishes um you know maybe give her a glimpse into what what Elodie is is able to do i think that's probably what i expect it to be but it could realistically it could be anything at this point and i i i, I have this niggling thought in the back of my mind that i don't think we're ever gonna see it because they've got two episodes left okay well all i'm gonna say is this is real baity this is a real bait thing to say go on bait me. um but i have got permission i've got carte blanche i've yep. got permission i think that what is through the rose window... Now, I'm not going to say whether we see it or not. I'm just saying, I think. It is literally... like It, it is It is actually, as Milos is sort of saying here, I think it is like what the OA is. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll revisit that when we get there. But whether or not we see through it or not, whether it's implied what's through it, I that's my understanding is what the OA, OA is. Okay, okay. yeah, that's an interesting thought as well. That, like that her, The truth of her... Of her, mm-hmm. um, her being is revealed to her. Exactly. Right. Let's get uh, into the. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, what am I doing? We don't have anything else. This is yeah. the end of the episode. We're done. We've reached the end. Well, like much like Jesse, we didn't see it coming, and now it's here. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I was, I was expecting another, another, another segment. Let's get into a what the dub. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right, Connor. Thanks very much for joining me. Any final thoughts before we close out here? Um. I, I just I can't I can't really wait to see where the show ends now. It's it's set up on a knife edge at the moment to see to see where it's all going, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait for for you guys to join me in seeing all of my theories proved either inconclusive or wrong. 
Okay, lovely, lovely. I, well, I'm looking for that too. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the, the the theory matrix and see your total for this one because obviously yeah. we'll have a lot orange. We'll have a yeah, lot there's going to be a lot of orange on yeah, that yeah. one there, I think. Okay, uh, right, guys. Thanks very much. If you want to subscribe to the Culture Cape, do so. There's a little red button there. You can click, ring the bell. Ding. Uh, also, could you please send us an email, adpodmail, if you want to uh, ask us a question, send us a message, tell us we need to improve something. It's happened a couple of times. Um, and we do try our best to improve it. Uh, if you want to send, uh, leave a comment down there for Conrad, do so. Uh, subscribe on Audio Apps if you'd like to. T-shirt link in the description. That's a good way to support the channel. We also have a Discord. Join that. Lots of good discussion going on there. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.